Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the TCT Podcast. I'm Jordan Thomas, pastor of Grace Church in Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm joined today by my dear brother, Justin Perry, pastor of Covenant Life Church in Tampa, Florida. Hey, brother. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for carving out the time. And let me just say to those listening that TCT is a network of local churches we exist to treasure Christ together. You can find out more about TCT at tctnetwork.org. Well, I've asked Justin to join me today to have a conversation about an area of his life and the congregation where he's a member, serves as a pastor, uh, where I have seen uh, really an abundant amount of the grace of God. And I have benefited personally. Grace Church, where I pastor, has benefited. And I know that's true of others. And I know Justin will be the first to say that they have not figured it out. And uh, they're trying to seek the Lord for grace to grow in the very area that I'm hoping that we'll have a productive conversation about. And that is churches planting churches. And the Treasure in Christ Together Network really exists in large part to that end. I mean, our ultimate purpose is to value Jesus and to treasure him, to honor him. But we want to see others worship and honor him. And we believe that the New Testament pattern is that Christ is advancing his kingdom until the end of the age through the establishment of Christ treasuring churches. But we also believe that churches plant churches and networks don't do it. Individuals don't do it, but local churches reproduce into new expressions of Christ's kingdom on earth. But I do want to just frame this conversation briefly in the context of what in the world is happening in our day. And our world is really in um, a hemorrhaging situation. Not only are we in the middle of a global pandemic, and for many weeks now, at least a couple of months, most churches around the world have not gathered for worship uh, because of the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic. And in addition to that, our nation is in tremendous turmoil, uh, rioting happening across the nation, vandalism, looting, all sorts of uh, pain happening in cities across the country in light of George Floyd's death at the hands of a police officer last Monday. And in the midst of all that devastation and heartache and hurt and challenges, folks may wonder, why are we talking about church planting? And in short, not to say everything, but to give something that uh, I think is valuable and would answer that question in part is we believe that throughout the centuries, for the last 2,000 years, Christ's purposes have been marching forward in the middle of intense sin situations running rampant around the world. Our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, North Africa, South Asia, uh, have known for a long time the challenges of living for Jesus in the middle of war-torn and tyrannical situations and regimes. So we believe that Christ's purposes are still marching forward. And we thought it would be useful to have a conversation uh, about that theme, even in the middle 
of a very challenging time in our own country. So Justin, brother, thank you for being willing to have this conversation. And we trust that the Lord will graciously use anything good in it to glorify his name and to encourage his people. So thanks again, brother, for joining us. Let me ask you just to do a quick intro. Uh, Are you married? Do you got some kids? And uh, let the folks know a little bit about yourself. Yes, by God's grace, um, I am married, have been married for, will be 16 years this September to Jackie, um, met in college, and uh, God's been gracious to not only give me a helpmate and a best friend uh, to walk all of this with, but he's uh, given us three daughters, uh, Abigail, Lydia, and Naomi, uh, ranging from ages, uh, should be 13 in a couple of weeks to uh, seven. Awesome, brother. Well, another little layer of your story that just occurred to me as you were introducing yourself is how did your wife come to Christ? Yeah, so in God's kindness, uh, while she was a senior in high school, the Lord put uh, some faithful Christian sisters around her that loved her and uh, that cared about her, held out the good news of what Christ had done. And in great mercy, uh, April Sawyer, who is the wife of one of the pastors that serves with you, Jordan, uh, she was faithful with the gospel. And the Lord honored that faithfulness and redeemed Jackie when she was a senior. Love so. it. Love it. Yeah. So one of the sisters at our church had a had a part in God's plan of leading your precious wife to the Lord. I, I love it. I just wanted the people to hear that story. And then you and I didn't meet for many years later. So let's just fast forward there as we think about churches planting churches. Why don't you just do um, kind of a quick bio of how you even got to where you're at in Tampa, but back up before that and just give us the on-ramp to the Lord moving you to become a church planter yourself. Yeah. Uh, It's a story at every turn that's dominated by the kindness and the grace of God. And uh, he pursued me and grace found me as a senior in high school. Um, I then went to a Christian university, was introduced to this idea of a biblical worldview. Uh, Not only did I I get a degree, found my bride and uh, had a desire to enter ministry. And I see God's kindness because my desires were just grounded in some uh, unhealthy reasons. Um, Led me to do some kind of uh, interim kind of youth ministry stints. Uh, ended up during our engagement, we were both in Memphis. And while there, the Lord had us at a church. I praise God for faithful churches holding out the gospel. And for the first time ever, we were introduced to this category of church planting. The pastor of this church would invite other uh, church plants and then churches that were struggling, needed revitalization. He would invite the pastors to come and to speak almost every Sunday night, at least a few times a month. Mm. And we just make an appeal for members of the church we were a part of to go and to be a part and to see this kind of kingdom mindset. It was the first time I've ever, ever seen that. And uh, that took us then with this idea of church planting in mind. And, and if I'm honest, there were probably 
uh, unhelpful motivations and thinking, okay, I can sort of start new and we can do things right. I mean, just some arrogance that was bound up in this beautiful picture mm. of what we saw of the church being a part of seeing new churches started and planted. Uh, so that took us to seminary. Um, we thought we were moving to Wake Forest, North Carolina for a degree from Southeastern. God in his kindness not only met and uh, exceeded that hope, but it was clear that we were there to learn to love the church. Mm. And uh, we found ourselves in North Wake Church. Uh, I was a theological mess, uh, yet I was hungry to, to learn. And I can, I can remember uh, what it was like to have firsthand pastors willing to give uh, months and years of investing into, into me. Uh, that church planning desire grew, and uh, it grew both as I was learning a little bit in seminary about it, but also just falling more and more in love with the local church. And, and uh, our pastor at North Wake was just faithful to hold out the end all is that uh, peoples, other peoples, uh, not only around the globe, but even this country would be able to experience this type of gospel made visible. And so that idea just began to uh, marinate in my heart and in my soul, my mind. That led us to walk through a pastoral internship, uh, which then led to a church planting residency. We were able to sort of walk through. And Jordan, that's where uh, I, we got connected with you and with Sean Cordell. And uh, we reaped the uh, abundant goodness of God through your experience and through Sean's experience and through your investment into us. And so uh, the church planning residency helped us then kind of begin to hone in our, our team, begin to hone in our uh, the place where we would go. And the Lord used all of that. In 2009, ourselves and the Tuckers, we moved down to Tampa, Florida, and by God's grace, he planted his church in April of 2010. Mm, praise God. Well, it really has been a joy for me to see from your days at North Wake and connecting with you guys at the residency you were doing there uh, by a gracious invitation to come and spend a few days with you brothers uh, to see from then until now what the Lord's done over this last decade. And I've got to just put in a parenthesis here. It really was a uh, sorrow to my heart that due to coronavirus, Tracy and I couldn't come down and celebrate a 10-year throwdown party with you all. But uh, yes. man, I give God glory for the, for the decade of faithfulness of Jesus to you all at Covenant Life. Uh, it really has been a blessing, blessing to see what the Lord's done. Okay, so you mentioned that you guys and the Tuckers were sent from North Carolina to Tampa, sent by whom? We were sent by North Wake Church. Amen. Um, yep. And, and, and I would just say North Wake was faithful to model 1 Timothy 4.16, uh, where Paul encourages Timothy to keep an eye on his life and doctrine. North Wake then did that motherly care of watching our lives and watching our doctrine and giving us opportunities to grow in both of those things and exercising leadership in a few ways. Mm. And they walked with us. They invested in us. They uh, groomed us and helped us sort of hone in some uh, character and helped us uh, with some competency things. And by God's grace, we stood before the church and the church in, in an act of undeserved mercy that, that still is um, mind blowing to me. They said, we affirm 
the Spirit's work in your life and this calling on your life. And so you have our blessing to go. Praise God. Yeah, I just wanted to underline that. I think everybody caught it. You said it very well, but I circled back to it because here we are having a conversation about churches planting churches. And I just wanted it to be explicitly clear that the new seminary grad who had all the answers to all the world's problems and Bible verses to back it up didn't just chart out in your own (laughs) power and territory and affirmation. But uh, you guys humbled yourself to a local church who really did faithfully look into your lives and invest in your life. And then, as you said, the whole congregation um, humbly, joyfully affirmed Spirit's work in you guys and sent you with their blessing. Okay, so 10 years you guys have been in Tampa. Um, I know the story that you guys didn't have really any connections, humanly speaking, in that city. And 10, That's right. 10 years later, not only has the Lord Jesus in his risen power caused CLC, Covenant Life Church Tampa, to exist, but you guys have had the privilege and responsibility of actually sending out another congregation. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I can remember when we landed in those early days, core group, just the vision, we would um, we would talk about what it would be like to plant. And so we begin to use this language of we are planting pregnant. And uh, the Lord's kindness and grace and mercy, he has allowed us to see multiplication at community group levels, we've seen multiplication in terms of, of uh, elders and deacons. And we knew that that multiplication was setting the, the stage and the framework for, Lord willing, the Spirit multiplying His church uh, in and through uh, Covenant Life and around the Tampa Bay area. And so seven years in, um, we had the, the privilege of uh, walking with uh, two brothers through uh, a, a similar kind of equipping process to invest into um, eldership for uh, these brothers. Uh, Drew, who had come down with us, walked through the residency at North Wake and then had the uh, the opportunity to pastor for seven years um, here at Covenant Life. Uh, we invested And we began to see that there was a group of people in a certain segment of our city that were beginning to desire to see a local expression of uh, of the church there in that community. And so uh, kind of making sure that our philosophy of planting, that we had some some shared DNA, though, the varied expressions, because we were going to be in different contexts. We wanted to have a plurality of of leadership wanted to have uh, regenerate church membership, expositional pre- I mean, just there were things that were shared and we uh, understood it to be our privilege as a church, not just as a group of elders, but as our church to be able to with confidence say, we believe that the best way we're going to reach the heights in Tampa, Florida is not merely by having members who sort of live there, but there would be a viable long-term presence of of a gospel outpost in and through the local church. And so that's what we want to get behind. And by God's grace, we, we stumbled. Um, well, that wasn't by God's grace that we stumbled. We stumbled <laughs> along the way and by God's grace, uh, he redeemed even some clumsy efforts. Um, and he did more with what he was working with. And we, 
could have ever asked. And so, and, and, uh, seven years in, we were able to send out the Heights church. Praise the Lord. How, uh, near or far geographically is the Heights where they meet compared to where covenant life meets? Yeah, we're probably, uh, I don't know, 10 miles away, probably 18 to 20 minutes. Yeah, good. I just wanted the people to have a context. And then you you kind of referred to this, but about how long, months, years, whatever, was the, we think, you know, we wanted to plant pregnant, use that terminology. And then you realize, oh, I think we're pregnant. From then until the time CLC had a baby and sent out the heights, from the time of those initial talks to the actual church blessing sending, give or take, how long was that? Yeah, so we had serious conversations, or we've had conversations for a long time, serious conversations as elders behind the scenes, sort of some planning and praying for probably eight months. And then it was about a year um, that we walked together as a congregation through the casting, the praying, the casting of the, mm. the vision, the praying, and then the onboard of just thinking through membership process and, and interest meetings and, and all of that. Yep. Yeah. So 18 to 24 months of process. So even though is that that's accurate, right? 18 ish, eight behind the scenes, a year out front. So 18 plus months of process, correct? Yeah. Okay. The reason I'm underlining that again is because while you said you stumbled and bumbled, and I think everybody who ever walks this path will definitely stub a toe <laughs> a few times <laughs> along the pathway. I wanted people to hear it, that it wasn't because of hasty immaturity. It wasn't on the, the basis of uh, what I what I often find uh, people saying they're stepping out in faith and really they're presuming on God's grace and they're stepping out in impatience. Yep. I think you guys modeled by God's grace, a patient, prayerful, elder involved, unified way uh, as a, as an elder team and also as a congregation to, to try to figure it out. And again, clean on paper, messy in real life. But I, I think the Lord really blessed your efforts. And as somebody who has had the privilege personally of spending time with both con- congregations and knowing the elder teams at both churches, uh, it, it has been a joy to me and a blessing to me to be able to see what the Lord has done uh, through that process. So praise God, uh, okay. Drew and Jesse Tucker, uh, Brandon and April Wedby are at the Heights Church and so many other faithful brothers and sisters there. So they are also part of our TCT fellowship. Well, let me use that to segue kind of one more bio question before we just talk briefly about um, kind of what the church planting process looks like there at CLC. Uh, are you guys... Uh, you guys done having babies? Is it, is it one and no more? You guys figured you got you guys figured out how to do it, and then you're like, wait a minute, we we, we can't do this anymore. Or is there is there anything else on the radar in terms of CLC having more babies? Yeah, praise God. The uh, the conviction of what we've been talking about churches planting churches. We um, until he returns, I hope that we're in the business of Amen. giving ourselves to that. Um, Lord willing, in uh, within the next two years, we will, uh, by his grace, we will see another church planted in and around the Tampa Bay area. Mm, and, amen. and that's led us again through this process of just uh, deliberately and intentionally 
First Timothy four sixteen, coming alongside, watching life, watching doctrine, and so yeah, we're we're hopeful. Yeah, Amen. Well, uh, I've been encouraged to hear you guys already starting that conversation and what the Lord's doing there. Before we talk about how you go about identifying guys, I mean, if if what you just said becomes a reality, eighteen to twenty four months, you guys are planting again. There's got to be a way for you guys to try to identify guys and invest in them and kind of bring them along into the, uh, you know, into the joys and responsibilities of pastoring. Before we talk about how you do that, you and I have both used a phrase several times in this conversation, churches, planting churches. Could you just give a quick biblical framework? What, what one or two things come to your mind first for why that would even be a conviction that you and CLC hold? Yeah, the um, gospel entrusted to uh, to a, a a people, and uh, a people then coming together, giving themselves for His purposes, for His glory. What do you What do we see when the Spirit uh, moves among His people? Acts thirteen, we see the Spirit beginning to uh, set apart those who would be sent out. Um, because we believe, you said this earlier, why are we having this conversation now in the midst of all of the brokenness and the groaning that's happening in our communities and cities in the world? Because we believe that the church is God's instrument for, for bringing the gospel both to the nations, but also mm. to our cities. And so, um, and we believe that uh, the church is God's instrument for bringing a great host of redeemed humanity to himself. And so um, it's with that. So then not only have we been given that privilege, but how then do we do that? It's with that gospel going forth and the spirit then giving new hearts and turning on uh, understanding for people as those people come out of unbelief and into faith. They're then put together in uh, groups of people that uh, make up his called out one, the gathering, the, the church. And so, mm. um, so yeah, we believe that uh, by God's grace, I mean, the, the Proverbs are full of just um, the folly that's bound up in a man who has a plan and runs headlong and doesn't listen to a multitude of counsel. And so I think even just practically God's kindness and, uh, a prescribed way of seeing this gospel, not just go out kind of haphazardly, but with uh, deliberate, intentional, purposeful investment from that church to the people that would then go out and see other healthy churches, like-minded churches, shared DNA churches begin to labor in those communities and, and, and places. Well said. I knew if I pricked you, you would bleed Bible and you provoked me. So I'm just going to jump right into that and try to restrain myself from saying everything that just entered my heart and mind and will as I even talk. But I'm going to say a couple things. Great Commission is clearly a local church commission. Um, we're not called by ourselves to fulfill Christ's mandate until he returns, but rather in communities of faith. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to find an example of New Testament, uh, New Testament believers doing anything other than local churching, if I can make it uh, a new word, yep. when they're trying to carry out making disciples, baptizing them in the name singular of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And you got to be with people for a minute to teach them to observe everything Christ commanded. It just all 
screams local church. And then you said something about these times. Uh, I just want to get super practical that, man, God forbid that in the most groaning times of our world, our country, or even our own heart, that we not have a people who love the Lord Jesus with whom we can walk. So if there's ever a time that we need to talk about the vital role of the local church, it's when our hearts break and everything around us seems to be crumbling. We need a stable place to land the word of God in a community of faith that is trying together, together to keep our eyes on Christ. So uh, when, when the, when Paul said, I'll, I'll do one more Romans 16, this one has just jarred me since I first read it and thought about it even a little bit from Jerusalem all the way, all the way around to Illyricum. Paul says he had fully preached the gospel of Christ. I hadn't uh, gotten my ruler out and done my little uh, Bible map measurement lately, <laughs> but uh, you know, the little uh, bar at the bottom of your Bible map tells you how many miles it was. <laughs> and you're trying to like stick your finger on the map and figure it all out. It's been a long time since I've done it, but I want to say it's like over a thousand miles from Jerusalem to Illyricum. And Paul said, I'd fully preach the gospel of Christ. And if my memory serves me correctly, right here spontaneously, somebody may email me and rebuke me about this. But I want to say it was like 3 million people in that part of the known world at that time that Paul said it. So how can Paul say I fully preached the gospel of Christ over that many miles in the midst of that many people? And you look at his track record when he wrote that, it's about a dozen churches. Yeah. And so he must have meant that he knew they would take responsibility to propagate the gospel and establish more churches in that sector of the planet. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, he said, okay, I can go on beyond there because work is done here. Churches are going to take up the mantle to keep running with that baton. All right. Well, brother, may the Lord help us all to be prayerful about that work and engage in that work and not do the work alone, but in the context of our local churches. All right. We've talked about churches planting churches. Practically, I think it would be helpful if we could hear just a snapshot of what it's looked like at Covenant Life. Like, how do you identify guys that may be prospectively sent out down the road? And once identified, what do you do with them? Do you guys have any kind of, you know, strategic approach for pouring in to those guys that you identify? Yeah. So as I've stated a few times, first Timothy four sixteen has been paramount for us. We understand our church to have both the privilege and the responsibility to watch a man's life and his doctrine. We try not to overpromise anything on the front end, but willing to say, if you have a heart for pastoral or any type of vocational ministry in the future, we can't promise that we will do anything, but we can promise to invest into you the best of our ability. Mm. And so we're, we're just then saying best place to start is to be a member and to be a healthy member. And this is where I think a, a, a meaningful membership culture is uh, it, it's, it's connected to planting healthy churches because it's really yeah. hard to promote someone and to sort of uh, put someone up for planting if they're not actively loving the bride of Christ. Um, and so we're wanting to just watch, is there a genuine love without the title and without the responsibilities for the bride of Christ? And are you, are you going low? Is there a, 
a flavor of humility? Is there a nearness to Jesus? Is there prayer as though uh, your prayers were uh, absolutely vital in seeing the health of this church perpetuate? Because we that that's those are the type of guys. And so we're watching their life, watching their doctrine, watching how they're serving, watching how they're investing into the local church. And and then we come alongside of them. And as men begin to express desires to lead and as men begin to express desires for vocational ministries, we have those conversations in informal ways. But the second question that you asked, we've come alongside and we've tried to create some formal structures that will help um, not, not just maybe one guy um, go through this process, but to sort of say, if there are multiple guys in the church that are thinking this way, that have questions that want to explore this, we've set up a pastoral internship program. It's uh, 10 months and working through kind of uh, three semesters uh, within that of just the character of the pastor, uh, the nature of pastoral ministry. Second, we talk about um, the church, ecclesiology, and the ministry of the word through preaching in the local church. And then that last semester, the ministry of the word in counseling and in evangelism and missions uh, through the local church. And so those are just kind of the intro. We've get, we get uh, anywhere between two to five guys to walk through that every Sunday evening um, for 40 weeks. And we're investing into those men. And for those men who walk through that and then say, I think, and, and if our, our church begins to affirm that there seems to be giftings for continued kind of leadership in either a church planting capacity or an international missions capacity, uh, God has graciously allowed us this year to sort of begin two residencies, an international missions residency. We currently have five of our members going through, and then this church planning residency that, Lord willing, we will start uh, here this summer. And so those are ways that we're trying to, again, further hone, build on what we've already built on, not only through the pastoral internship, but then also just through healthy church membership. Those are pretty vital for us as we think about a person coming into the residencies um, that we've set up. Mm, yeah. Amen. I, I love the fact that you have just made a, uh, a process and you've not made it mechanical and you've certainly not over promised on the front end what it might produce on the back end, but just simply uh, saying, come, let us watch you. Let us walk with you. Let us pour into you and we'll see what the Lord does uh, on the back end of that. And the fact that you said earlier that it appears that within the next year and a half or two, you guys are anticipating sending out, I presume, potentially some of the brothers in that very process as we speak. So praise God. That's yeah, right. praise God for that. And thank God for all the people who invested in you and I back in the day before we got started and spoke into our life and um, walked with us through learning what it's like to love the Lord and love his people and faithfully shepherd. Well, there may be um, some brothers who listen to this in our TCT network who are thinking, um, man, we love church planting and we love Christ's kingdom and we want to be all about that. But we hadn't really thought about formalizing a process and thinking about a internship or residency where we're trying to, you know, strategically invest in future pastors so any thoughts on uh, where a church might begin to try to put together a residency? 
Yeah, I certainly don't know all the answers. And um, but just the opportunities that I've had, like you mentioned, to be invested into and what we're trying to do here. I just um, don't underestimate the value of intentional discipleship, giving men uh, opportunities to lead and to serve and looking for ways in which you can both informally and formally watch life and watch doctrine. And uh, there, there's probably more there than most churches even and most pastors even realize they have available already at their hands, even if they've never planted, even if they've never been involved in a, a church plant. You're, there's not a different set of things you're looking for to raise up a planter. You want to raise up a, a man who is going to be a faithful pastor. Mm. And, uh, and so just lean into the pastoral epistles and allow those, as you think about a man's character, walk with him through character qualifications. As you, as you think about his competency, give him opportunities to lead. As you think about his doctrine, walk alongside and supplement. Let him read some things. Let him write some things. And, and I think you can begin to even informally um, assess where a guy is and what needs to be addressed as you continue to invest into him and just call the church to begin to pray. We may not be there today, but Lord, we're praying. Uh, we want to have the long view in mind. And so would you help us now invest faithfully today so that we can reap uh, tomorrow a, a harvest of planters and pastors and missionaries? Mm, amen. Amen. And then as a network, um, anything that might be able to be shared among the churches in the days to come? Yeah, we're hopeful that uh, coming up, uh, we're unsure as to how many sessions, but uh, churches that are thinking through, what would it, what would it be like to start a, a pastoral internship or a, uh, a specific residency? We hope to provide and to offer tracks that would help pastors and elder teams begin to think through uh, how do we go from nothing's there to we have some formal way peppered in with some informal discipleship as well, but some sort of uh, structure where we can begin and a process where we can begin to encourage men who are interested to walk through. And so we want to we want to share resources. We want to help um, brothers think about where they are now and where they could be in the mm, future. Amen. So if anybody listening to this would be interested in being part of a track that's thinking about putting together a residency for your local church, then why don't you just reach out to us at tctnetwork.org and we'll see what the interest is like. And I appreciate Justin and the others who have already been thinking and praying about trying to shape what that track could include. So brother, thanks for the time. Thanks for your investment uh, in my life and enduring a friendship with me over all these years. <laughs> and, uh, it's been, it really has been a blessing to see the way the Lord's worked in and through CLC through these years. And we trust they'll continue to do it for years to come until Jesus returns or he takes us home. Um, but yeah. thank you, brother. Seriously. Greet Jackie and the kids and Lord willing, we'll catch up again soon. Yes, sir. Right, I love God you, bless. brother.